Hello, gardeners, farmers, compost enthusiasts, and growers. Welcome to The Healthy Garden, the show where soil is important and growing a healthier world is job one. Hello, earthlings. Today, we're going to look at the flip side of organics in our episode called Fee Fi Fo Organics. This is episode number 19. So I hope that you're all surviving the holiday madness and the shopping that goes along with the holiday madness and that, uh, you know, you haven't had to reach out to your psychotherapist more than usual today. Or if you have, go into a meditative state. Just get into the car and take a breath because it all really at the end of the day doesn't matter whether you get that big gift or you don't get that big gift. It doesn't matter. Organics is huge. I mean, it is huge. It is now a $50 billion market in the United States. And I'm an organic farmer. Uh, we make biodynamic compost. And I'm part of the business. I'm part of the industry. I'm part of that world. And I'm happy that that world exists. I'm happy because it used to not exist, you know, before the 1990s. And, um, and early 2000s, it didn't exist in terms of regulation. But the regulation falls short. So we have all kinds of products out there that are labeled organic. You got products that in my mindset make no sense that they're labeled as organic as I'm looking at them and I'm starting to, you know, delve back into where did this stuff come from? And that, my friends, is where the concept of faux organics slips into view. Hi, it's Norma, a biological farmer and the producer of the Healthy Garden podcast. I started to really want to grow my own food when I became conscious of the very little topsoil and nutrients that our soil had. I realized if our soil didn't have that, then I really couldn't rely on grocery stores or even some farmer's market suppliers for nutrient-rich food. So over the years in my research and experience in clients' gardens, I became a proponent of two ways of growing food. The first way is growing the soil on your property by giving it a good compost and compost tea throughout the year. The second way is by growing in a very great soil medium that is organic and doesn't have any GMO byproducts in it. So I use Malibu Compost's Baby Boo's Potting Soil. Since it has all this, including minerals, and 25% of Malibu Compost Boo's Blend Compost in it. Also, when I harvest, I don't need to wash the food. I eat it with the microbes and all, which is great for the gut.
So organics, like most things, boils down to common sense. What are we doing? What, what are we doing as a society? I, I think to myself all the time, are we thinking? Are we really like thinking about what we're doing here? Uh, I was driving up to the farm last week and I was listening to a sports talk station uh, and I was and I was listening to these guys talking. They were talking about their favorite junk food. And I thought, all right, I'll stay tuned for a second to see what their favorite junk food is, to see what these these, these people think is fabulous. And one guy said Pringles. And the Pringles thing, you know, and they were all like, oh, Pringles, Pringles are great. And then somebody spoke up and said who maybe had just come had woken up and said, Hey, have you ever noticed that the back of the Pringles uh, canister, have you ever looked at the ingredients? There's nothing in there. That's not a chemical. And the guy goes, really? But they're like potato chips. He goes, there's not a potato mentioned in a can of Pringles. And the other guy goes, yeah, but they're so good. Who cares? You only live once. And I think in some ways, Maybe that's how we are living because we live in a world where, as I mentioned earlier, you have a $200 billion food market that is absolutely insane to me because that's your conventional grocery store market. And I'll give you a couple of the highlights. You've got uh, in a conventional market, they sell $163 billion of milk products a year. They sell $122 billion worth of meat. They sell $98 billion worth of produce, $5 billion worth of, worth of ice cream, $6 billion worth of pizza. Medications at your little market there down the street, $13 billion. And alcohol, good old king alcohol, $54 billion. So let's just look at that as a buying habit for the U.S. Like, we are what we eat. Cancers are on the rise in areas of the gut, okay? We are having more and more and more stomach cancers and more and more stomach issues in terms of leaky gut, in terms of... Um, irritable bowel syndromes, all of these things. And most of them go back to diet. When you go to talk to your doctor, a lot of it is diet. And if we look at the $200 billion worth of junk we're buying, it's crazy. So I feel like the same thing happens to us as gardeners. It's like we go into a store and we buy stuff and you look at it on a shelf, and if it's not something, if it's a liquid something or a poison or a pesticide or an herbicide or a fungicide, even if it's if it's a, uh, in quote, organic one, is it something that you'd actually pour the top off of, throw it into a shot glass and throw it back? And you think, oh, that's a crazy example. But is it really a crazy example? It's not really a crazy example because we're eating it. We're eating it. So, Common sense. I, I think to myself in, in, in this day and age, common sense. Well, I guess there is no common sense in a society where there's Black Friday, Green Monday, Cyber Tuesday, blah, 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 blah. It never, ever, ever stops. It's a common sense. 
my pals at Merriam-Webster, who you know I, I, I use uh, all the time, they define common sense as a noun, sound and prudent judgment based on a simple perception of the situation or facts. Well, the facts are, ladies and gentlemen, that we have all kinds of products out there in the marketplace that are labeled as organic. Forget the, forget the conventional side, except it's going to come into play again on the next, on the next segment. It's very important. So I'm going to, I don't want you to forget conventional ag and the $200 billion, you know, conventional ag bill that we have. But when we get into organic labeling, Per the National Organic Program, we see products all the time that are labeled organic. Do we even know what that really means? Because you have different layers of organic, and some of you guys who are savvy and you've heard this know this, but there are 100% organic, there's organic, there's made with organic. What? Why isn't there just organic? That is a really intelligent, common sense question. Hey there, gardeners. Did you know that most gardeners buying organic products don't even know that the stuff that they're buying that's labeled organic isn't really organic? Definitely not 100% organic in the truest sense of the word. So Malibu Compost created a line of true organic, farm-made, biodynamic, and non-GMO soil products to take the guesswork out of, is it organic or not? If it's Malibu Compost, it is. Go to MalibuCompost.com today to find which true organic soil product is right for you and your garden. Food makes the world go round. Without food, we got nothing, okay? So one of the things I love about being a part of the food system and the food chain is that we are able to supply sustenance to people. One of the things I love about gardening is that we're able to actually grow food at home that we can consume in our own homes 
and that nobody has to dictate what goes into growing that food. That's a whole different deal when it comes to stuff labeled as organic. And I pulled a couple things up off of the USDA AMS government site. And for those that haven't listened to the podcast before, the AMS that runs the National Organic Program here is the Agricultural Marketing Services, which is one of my favorites of all time. The AMS um, basically controls the organic sector of the organic program in uh, the United States. So things like labeling 100% organic, It's in quotes. It says 100% organic can be used to label any product that contains 100% organic ingredients, excluding salt and water, which are considered natural. Most raw, unprocessed farm products can be designated 100% organic. In the organic, in quotes, labeling, you've got organic can be used to label any product that contains a minimum of 95% organic ingredients, Up to 5% of the ingredients may be non-organic agricultural products that are not commercially available as organic or non-agricultural products that are on the national list, which is a good read if you want to take a peek at that. And then we've got made with organic can be used to label a product that contains at least 70% organically produced ingredients. (laughs) I had a class once where I said, this to the class, an organic gardening class, and a guy from the back yells out, well, what's the other 30%? (laughs) After having a great laugh, we all, that's a really good point. You know, what is it? And the thing on that, it has to be displayed on the, on the, on the uh, ingredients with an asterisk. So let's take, for example, my favorite made with organic ingredients label, organic Oreos. (laughs) Which are made with organic sugar and flour. So it's not really a lie, but it's kind of faux organic, isn't it? Come on. Does anybody really believe that there's an organic Oreo out there? So remember, you got 100% organic You got organic that's 95% and you got made with organic ingredients. Where this is important in terms of growing food is if you start to look at um, what you can use to grow organic food and what farmers have to use to grow organic food, there's a great thing that you can, that any of us can take a look at and see. Um, It talks about soil fertility for for farmers. And in the NOP regulations, it's 205.203. It's soil fertility and crop nutrient management practice standard. And it's a section that basically talks to us about soil building. It gives us this background, and this is the government telling us, it gives us this background that healthy soil is the basis for organic agriculture, you know, and healthy soil can provide us with all the nutrients that we need in a good soil management program. Well, that's part of what we're all about in terms of composting and making a great compost. And that's what we want to do when we're gardening at home. We want to create a soil management program. But 
it gets tricky because they talk about green manures, which are great. And those work. Those are our cover crops. And those are green crops that you can use to grab nitrogen and, and to create more nitrogen in the soil. And they also create aeration in the soil. They do a lot of really, really good things. The part for me where it gets very, very, very dicey in the NOP regs are on animal manures. Their clip on animal manures starts with conservation of manure and its proper application are key means of recycling nutrients and building soil. Farms without livestock often buy manure or compost because they are considered to be among the best fertilizers available, though sole reliance on fertilizers from other farms can have its drawbacks. Manures from conventional systems are allowed in organic production, including manure from livestock grown in confinement and from those that have been fed genetically engineered feeds. Gang, that is my, that's my hang up. That's my personal problem with the way the regs lay out. What that tells me is, is that I am allowed to use conventional chicken manure from a battery cage chicken operation on my organic farm. And those animals most likely were fed some form of GMO feedstock. And if that's the case, then I am getting genetically modified organisms, A, in my feedstock, but B, I'm getting the residue from the glyphosate that is sprayed on them. There are tons and tons of, of research articles now that are coming, about, coming out about glyphosate in soil and that it binds to soil. Well, if it binds to soil... Then also, as the microbes break it down, which they will, and they'll use it as a food source, it also means that they're breaking those particulates down and it's going up into the plant. That's my issue. That's my big, big, big issue on the NOP side of things. Now, what can you do? You can, um, you can go ahead and buy compost or you can raise animals on your farm that aren't eating GMO feedstocks. That's one thing you can do if you're a farmer. What can you guys do when you go out to the store to buy stuff? You can start doing all kinds of organic methodology where you don't use pesticides, herbicides, or fungicides in your own gardens. So your green waste, in essence, that comes off of your own property can be completely toxin-free, 100% organic, clean, and free. If you need to have an animal component, which I think that most uh, good growing operations have an animal component along with their green component, then what I would do is either raise real organic chickens if you can, or if you can raise other, other animals, great. If you can raise alpacas or, or, or llamas or sheep, fantastic. Or you buy a good finished organic compost. That's a real organic compost. This is where it gets tricky. Stuff gets labeled as organic. And this is when I start talking about faux organic. And you've heard me say this over and over and over, and I'm not going to stop saying it and, because it's the truth. And we have to get to the bottom of this truth. Is there an animal component in here? 
or in any of your soil products that you're growing in that came from an animal byproduct like a bone meal, blood meal, or feather meal. Anything that came from these conventional forms of agriculture have the herbicide residues and have the GMO feedstocks in them. And that's another thing that in organic farming, probably a lot of you don't know this, but allowed fertilizers are plant materials such as crop residues, rock dust such as gypsum, rock phosphate, granite dust, green sand, natural potassium sulfate, sulfate of potash, uh, of potash magnesia, and glacial gravel dust. Animal byproducts, manures, compost, marine products and byproducts such as seaweed and fish emulsion, non-GMO microbial inoculants, and sodium nitrate. And, and you can use Chilean nitrate as long as it's not up to 20% of the crop's nitrogen intake. That's coming right from the WWWAMS USDA government NOP site. So think about the products that you're buying and that you're putting into your garden. Think about the places that you're buying food from. Think about the intake that we're doing. So is it a true organic? Is it a semi-organic? Or is it a faux organic? Is it something labeled organic that's got these products in there that I was talking about that make it, in my opinion, not a true organic? If that's the case, for me, I stay away from it. It doesn't go into my garden. It doesn't go into my, into my, my plots. And it doesn't go into the food that my family eats. That concludes this episode of the Healthy Garden Podcast. Please post your questions on the Healthy Garden Podcast pages on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join us next week to learn more about how you can free yourself from the chemical and synthetic trap that's been set to keep you from growing a true, organic, and healthy garden. Until then, happy and healthy gardening.